Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Lala Ken, motherfuckers. <laughs> We're back with a brand new episode of my brand new podcast. Give them Lala. Hurry it. Hello. Everyone. I know. Guess who? Guess who? <laughs> it's Jess. It's Jessica Walter. Oh my God, what a freaking amazing weekend. Tell me about it because I haven't heard about it yet. I just live for Ocean Kent. You have no idea. <laughs> like, you do have an idea because you're here every day. Right. But my daughter is a baby genius. Okay. That's just period. No yeah. one can argue with me. Mm-hmm. I'll say to her, like, I started doing this thing where I'm like, Mama, and I point at myself, loves ocean. And then I point at her. So now every time I say mama loves, she points at herself. (gasps) Or she'll point at me and then point at herself when I'm like, it's the cutest thing. She shows me that she's one. (laughs) Oh, she does. Yes. I haven't seen that yet. That's cute. She waves at everybody. She waves at everyone. And when people don't wave back, I want to fucking jump them. Yeah. Wave to my child. Wave to my baby. (laughs) Not skinny, but not fat. Yeah. Posted on her story a couple weeks ago. And she was recording her son waving to someone walking by. And she said in in the video, she's like, look at him he's waving wave back wave back don't be a bitch don't be a bitch don't be a bitch (laughs) and then the person keeps walking she's like okay there's a bitch right there yeah you bitch yeah wave back to my child yeah so when people don't wave back i number one want to cut them and number two i wave back to ocean i'm like don't you worry mama's always got you (laughs) that's so cute yeah so we um we went to teddy mellencamp's daughter's birthday okay she turned two uh, Stassi and Bo were there with Hartford. I met a bunch of cool moms. You did? I met a bunch of cool moms. Really? Who are just doing the damn thing. Cool moms are a vibe. You know? Mm-hmm. Nothing hotter than just like a parent. Right. A Who's mom. like doing the parent job. Yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. balls deep in it. Yeah. So we were already talking about preschool and Stassi Mm -hmm. texted me Sunday morning. The party was on Saturday, bright and early. She was like, what the fuck do we do about this? About preschool. We have to start schmoozing. Yeah. I said two things. I have been in an environment for so many years where the, the facade and materialistic things were a priority. Mm -hmm. I don't want it anymore. Mm. I don't like it. I didn't like it then. Mm-hmm. Contrary. But what about the time you said blowjobs <laughs> or PJs? I, I got it. All right. Shock value. Yeah. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Didn't care about it fucking then. I don't care about it now. Mm-hmm. 
my two top priorities that I told Stassi. One, I want my kid to have the best time ever. I want her to be around kids. I want her to be stimulated. I want her to be safe. Mm-hmm. The second is I want my kid around Hartford. Mm-hmm. I grew up with my mom's best friends having babies and their babies were my best friends. Like that is priority to me. So wherever Hartford is going, where do I sign up? Yeah. You know, do you think all of your babies will go like your crew? All the kids will go in the same or is it just like you're focusing on Hartford and Ocean because they seem to be. No, I think the thing that's hard with Sheena Mm -hmm. is she lives the dream Mm -hmm. where she like has her place in L.A. She has her place in San Diego. She has her place in Palm Mm -hmm. Springs. She travels like she lives such a fun, fun life. Mm -hmm. But what's hard is. Like, I always know that she's constantly on the move. Mm -hmm. So obviously when it comes, I'll talk to Brittany. I'll talk to uh, Sheena. But it gets hard. Like, we signed, me, Britt, and Stoss signed the the girls and crews up for baby sensory classes Mm -hmm. on Wednesdays. And it's like mommy and me. And I knew Sheena couldn't do it because she's spending her time in San Diego right now. Oh. You know, so I will venture into, like, where are we going to school, everybody? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Yeah. But that is a good point. You had, so that was important to you. You have, who's still, I think, your best friend, someone that you went to, like, grade school with, right? Yes. Aw. See, Two that's... of them. I had two of them. Really? Yes. And you're still friends with both of them. The best of friends. So that's important. Yes. Yeah. Like, they know... Every, like the way I react to things, they're like, oh, okay. That's because this happened when she was four. Right. So she's still dealing with that. Like, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> they know every wound, every it. heartbreak. They've been there for it all. Like yeah. things that I would never talk to anyone about, mm-hmm. I would speak to them about. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And I want that for my baby. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Stassi and I are very similar in the sense that we're very structured. Mm-hmm. I can't fly by the seat of my pants. Like, I need to know. Like, if you tell me we're linking up Wednesday, November 2nd at 11, I will be there at 10.55. Yep. Where you at? <laughs> it's on yeah. my calendar. Yeah. It is. Yes. Wait, but let me go back to when you said schmoozing. You're like, you said Stassi said something like to you about we need to be schmoozing. And you were like, I'm not. Explain that a little more. Because do you mean like, listen, I don't want to send my kid to like, the this the school where I have to worry about her asking for a Gucci bag when she's five or like, what do you mean by that? Or or was it? This is what I mean by that. Okay. L.A. is very weird. And I know we mm-hmm. have a lot of listeners who like it, it's strange to me, too. I come from fucking Utah. You mm-hmm. go to the public school that's a mile away and mm-hmm. no one thinks twice about it. Like that's just your school. L.A. is so different. There's amazing public schools, charter schools, private schools. But each one. Not so much the public school, because just based off of my public school, it's like, come one, come all. You live in the neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But private schools are insane to get into. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to moms even before I gave birth. And I remember having this conversation with Stassi. Everyone was like, a year and a half is when you start. Wow. For preschool. Like, start the process of schmoozing, because that sets up their entire So it's like politics. 100%. It is politics. And Zazie and I looked at each other. We have plenty of time. Yeah. Hello. Ocean's turning one. Right. Hartford will be a year and a half in June. Like, it's here. Yeah. It's freaking here. And you're saying you're like, I don't want, I'm not about that life. Well, a lot of, 
a lot of parents that I spoke to before I gave birth, it was like, you could just tell it was social hour for moms. Mm -hmm. Motherfucker, I got a job. Right. I got a job. Like, I... If I'm taking Ocean to preschool, it's because I need to go to work. I don't have time to, like, show off my newest Birkin bag. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to talk to you about the luncheon that I went to and how phenomenal <laughs> charity. Like, no. I right. don't. I work during the day. You're a working mom. Correct. Yeah. And at this point in time, I'm Ocean's provider. Mm-hmm. The money that comes into my household is coming from me, only me. And I'm providing. Right. So I can't do the whole, like, my kid goes here because it's so fun for the Mm -hmm. moms. Right. And because it's like, and you can't spend, because it probably is the way that you're saying, I don't know. That's why I asked how it works. It sounds like it's almost a full-time job getting your kid into a school. It is. Like starting at one and a half and you're scheduling these luncheons and I need to know where to go to talk to these ladies. That's like... A full-time job. Yeah. And some <laughs> and some of the moms start preschool at like two or three. Okay. I was like, I'm not ready to send her to preschool at that age. Right. Like four is good. I don't want her gone every day. Like maybe two to three days a week is yeah. totally fine for a few hours. But like I mostly work from home. Mm-hmm. We're in my office right now. It's hot mess in here. <laughs> I love okay, it in though. here, you guys. <laughs> love like, it in here. I feel like package home. it. I know. It, it's a good vibe in here. But I like just being where my kid is. Mm-hmm. So it's just all of these these bridges that I'm like, no, we don't need to cross yet. But if you live in LA, no, mm-hmm. you're crossing them now because it's like pressure to feel like you have to start. Yeah. Dude, can I tell you how much it is for this preschool? I'm dying to know, actually. <laughs> preschool, two days a week. Hold on, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Is it, are we guessing monthly? Year, year, year. Yearly. Jesus. Um, $5,000. (laughs) $16,000. If I want to send Ocean to this preschool. Oh my God. Two days a week. A year. Yeah. Oh my God. Double that and that's a lot of like college tuition. Yeah, but if you think about it, a lot of these private schools out here are like fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year. That gives me for these kids to go to private school. Yeah. Have you ever thought about homeschooling? Were you homeschooled in the younger? Did you go to preschool? I did go to preschool. I went to Discovery. Cute. I was homeschooled for preschool, and I entered kindergarten. Knowing how to write in cursive and full, I was like light years ahead. Damn, light years ahead. I think most people send kids to preschool for just to like get them interacting yes. with other kids, right? But I want Ocean to be the same way. Like I yeah. want her walking in, and being like, I can count to a million. Right. Here's my <laughs> cursive. <laughs> right. Granted, my mom and. All of her friends did it. So I was like socializing right. five days a week. So it was kind of like school, except we would like do our preschool until a certain time and then we'd go play. But it makes sense. If you're like a mom and you have a single child, it does make sense to send them to something that it's like, well, I want them to socialize. Right. And I get that. I get that. And Ocean will have a sibling one day. Yeah. I'll make sure of that. Yeah. Yeah. And if I, I would prefer to not have a man involved. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not opposed to, like, finding a sperm donor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, 
so when that time comes, because I don't want her super old and then I bring a baby in. Like I want them to be pretty close in age. Pretty close in age. Yeah. So for me, if that time comes and I haven't met anyone who I know is a good dude and has cleared the background check that I secretly have run on him. (laughs) Secretly, not so secretly anymore. (laughs) Okay. You know, then pull up the computer and show me some dudes. Yeah. Why not? I have no problem with that. I think that's a great idea. Before, how many years apart are you and Easton? A few, right? Like a little over two. See, and you guys are close. I love that. Yeah. That's same with my siblings, a, a year older, a few years younger. Um, I, before I, literally two days before I met Kyle, I'm not kidding. I was doing the single thing for like a couple of years. I was feeling good. And I was like, this is it. This is how you live. You just. You don't need a man. I was like, this is how I'm going to do it. In a few years from now, I'm going to get a sperm donor. I'm going to be a career woman first. And then I was like excited about it. Yeah. And then I met Kyle and I was like, shit. But that's how it usually happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I'm talking to a few people right now and my mom has asked me a few times, like, what are you wanting? Mm -hmm. Even one of these dudes asked me, like, what are you looking for? Yeah. I said nothing. Yeah. I'm so, like, we've spoken about this before. Like, I'm fulfilled. I have my business that I'm working on. I have family. I have a great group of friends. Like, I'm literally, I have zero expectations. Yeah. You're not looking for anything, which be prepared because that's usually when it comes and you're like, shit. (laughs) Because you're like, I'm fulfilled. I feel like that's when it comes because you're fulfilled you know, it's like the old saying or whatever. It's like you cannot, unless you're fulfilled, you cannot fulfill someone else. Of course. Like and you have to yeah. be 100% with, with yourself, yourself so that you equal 200 with a partner. Yes. Like you can't do this 50-50 thing. And you can't look for someone to complete you. Complete yourself and then that person's a bonus. And that's like, you know, you, you have a partner in life for a life partner, but you don't have someone completing you. Right. Because then you lose that person or whatever. Even if it's with something, something terrible happens, you... Are you don't know what to do with yourself? No, but and I think that's when it comes. But I love that you say that. Like I'm not looking for anyone, and that's also you know me. I'm telling you, like Lala, go have fun. Give yourself at least a year of having fun only. I think so too. That's what I think. And I wrote this in my book. Like I don't think that you should have like that. It's set in stone that you have one hoe phase. Yeah. No. You know, like a lot of people do it in their 20s. Some people don't do it at all. Like no judgment here. Like live your life. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, you just roll with the punches. It's like I it is different, though, now. Yeah. Like what? What do you mean? Well, I'm not just out here. I talk about like I'm just out here looking for some big old D. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm really not. You you are. Well, I'll let you say it. What is what do you mean? Well, we've spoken a lot about, like, me now being sober. Yeah. And I'm really proud of myself because last week and this week, we'll just say this week, Mm -hmm. this week, I've hit three AA meetings already, which the last time I hit three AA meetings in a row was, like, at the beginning of my sobriety. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just, I went to this meeting that is so when when you read the big book there's like so many different areas of what it talks about one of them is sex so this meeting that i go to it's a women's meeting they talk about 
sexuality Mm -hmm. and sobriety and what it was like when they were drinking and what it's like now. And this woman shared her story. And I just like I had no intention of sharing. And she thought I raised my hand. Like yeah. I had so much going through my mind as she was talking and it, then it was time to share. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Lala, did you have your hand up? Would you like to share? And I was like, I didn't. But like, this is the universe letting me yeah. know that like, I need to tell you, you inspire me. Thank you for your share. And I realized in that meeting, I'm not ready to have sex yet. Really? I'm not ready. I have mm-hmm. so much work to do in this program still. Mm-hmm. I am not only like my relationship with sex back in the day was like Adam to the roster. This is so fun. Let's drink. Let's touch each other. You know, then I get into a relationship. And now with now that it's ended and I my eyes are open to what was going on behind Mm -hmm. my back. Sex is tainted for me. Uh. I think about it and I'm disgusted. I've got to get out of that. I have to reclaim my sexuality. I have to reclaim what sex means to me. Yeah. Because right now it's dirty. It's gross. It represents betrayal. It represents darkness. And like none of my doing. Mm -hmm. All of someone else is doing. But right now that's my focus. And so I called my sponsor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She sent over a lot of things that Jessica printed off. (laughs) And now I just have to. I was super proud of where I was with my steps. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going back to like rework steps to get me out of this headspace. Yeah. And get me confident in my sobriety, yeah. which I am. But there's a big difference between I'm confident in not picking up a drink. That I'm solid on. But people don't realize that it's so much bigger going going into AA and doing the program. Not picking up is the cherry on top. The work you have to do as a person, we're, we're human. So I'm not going to say I'll never clap back again. I'm never going to have sex unless it's the perfect person and it's a big old D. Yeah. I feel great about it. Like shit's going to happen. But like that's what I'm working on right now mm-hmm. because the not drinking part, I'm fucking solid. Put a vodka bottle in front of me right now. Don't want it. Bye. The other stuff, the most important stuff in, in my meetings and in the rooms, I got to revisit because my life is different now. Very different than when I first got sober. <laughs> and I think that's so incredible that you are willing to say, all right, time to go back. I've done the steps. Like I've shared before, I have plenty of family members and close friends who are sober now, who are struggling with their sobriety, who are addicts currently, and been in the program, been out of it. And I have some friends who've gone through the program, and yes, they they go to meetings here and there, but I don't think they've ever, it's been years, and they've never gone back through the steps. I have other friends who have to do the steps constantly. Once they finish them, they're going back through them. Right. And because I have a lot of people I know, I've heard about them and talked about them, and I think they're good. They're so great for everyone, and I love some of the specific steps. Just an example is like... um, And I'm not saying it correctly. I've never been through the program, but there's like there's a step or whatever that you have to. It's like maybe you write down your insecurity Mm -hmm. and people who threaten that insecurity and why Mm -hmm. like or something they did. Right. This this got me angry. Well, why did it get you angry? What does it threaten about yourself? And then you start doing it with a lot and you see like, holy shit, this is threatening my pride or this is. It's yes. like, and you find this similar thing. I've done it before. Where I'm like, give me that piece of paper because I need to do that. Right. It's not, it's, yeah. it's, 
I mean, the alcoholic mind is very different than anybody else's mind. Right. But the steps, like the Mm -hmm. things that we work on, Mm -hmm. you could be anybody working on them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's, for me, my program is like church. Mm -hmm. It hits every aspect of what I need in my life to be fulfilled on top of giving me strength to not drink again. And I don't want to drink again. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't have that fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What, I get a little loose and then I wake up the next morning with a freaking hangover and the Sunday scaries? I don't want the Sunday (laughs) scaries. It's not worth it. No. Yes. And my skin has never looked better since I've been... That's true. The puff is gone, the glazed eyes. You're glowing constantly. Thank you. No, but yeah, that's... I dig it. Yeah. I'm on my pink cloud. Right. But like you said... Do I'm confident in my sobriety, but I'm working on other things. And I think it's awesome. Right. I You're get... working on all the other things. Yes. You as yourself. That's a big thing, though, to you for you to be like, I don't think I'm ready for sex. No, I'm definitely not. Yeah. Once I get my tickled bitties done. <laughs> Maybe a different story. I like, give it a few weeks after that and I'm good to go. Just kidding. You guys, uh, we have two amazing guests today. AJ and Emil, power couple incredible they do a ton of work with the lgbtq plus community i'm inspired by them they'll be coming up after the break before we cut to the break i want to remind you i'm going on motherfucking tour the first spot i'll be in is irvine california but that one you can't come to because it's sold out i'm so excited to see everyone who does have a ticket Then we're hitting Fort Lauderdale, Clearwater, Orlando, Atlanta, Nashville, which, spoiler alert, Sheena and Brock will be joining me in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh my God, that's going to be wild. The segment that I have with them is lit. Can't tell you guys, but (laughs) if you're near Nashville, I'm trying to see you. Then we're going to New Orleans, Houston, Austin, and Dallas. By the way, we have Jax and Brittany for the Florida dates. That'll be lit AF. What? That's so exciting. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. They're locked in. So to buy tickets, just go to givethemlive.com and make sure you stay till the end of the podcast because I'm answering your voicemails. I love y'all and we will be right back. Have you done your Mother's Day shopping yet? Friendly reminder, use Rakuten. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while you shop. And this week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cashback event of the entire year. You get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores. I'm talking Adidas, Splendid, Ray-Ban, Elf Cosmetics, Dermastore, Lego, Stanley, and even Dyson. New Dyson vacuum for me and the new house. Yes, I am treating myself and enjoying some serious cash back. I love seeing those Rakuten cash back deposits in my PayPal account. Rakuten will also send you a check if you don't have PayPal. So join the 15 million members, including me, who are already saving with Rakuten. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You will not see higher cashback rates than these. So go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
So I have two game changers to share with you when it comes to upping your glam game. I am totally obsessed with Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress Press On False Eyelashes because I'm very into just easy right now and anyone can do it. You are going to love them just as much as I do. Both require zero glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes. There's also no annoying dry time. And the best part, zero mess. One step and you're done. The lash style options are endless, and there are so many on-trend nails to choose from. Impress, no glue manis, and press-on falsies are the easiest and fastest way to upgrade your look in just minutes. The press-on falsies have a unique under-lash application for a totally seamless look and are made with an exclusive self-stick technology that keeps them secure for up to 24 hours. The Impress Mannies have a patented super hold adhesive for up to seven days secure hold. And that's perfect for all of you busy mamas out there who don't have a lot of time to spend on glam but want to look your best. I completely get it. Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress No Glue Press on Falsies are absolutely a beauty must. You need to try them right now. So get yours today at impressbeauty.com slash lala. And use code LALA at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. That's impressbeauty.com slash LALA and use code LALA at checkout for 25% off. Hello, my loves. We are back and I have really amazing guests today. We have AJ Gibson and Emil Ennis Jr. You guys look so fabulous. I cannot, like, I'm like mortified showing up looking like a hot mess. Look at you both. No, you're adorable. We love you and we're appreciative. So thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Of course. I'm honored. And, you know, I've obviously, I'm a huge fan of both of you. I think you guys kill it. And then I was, you know, reading into all of your accomplishments and, you know, you guys have an amazing podcast, Confess the Mess, which I dig the name first of all i want to know how the two of you came to be we oh gosh we actually it's interesting it's kind of a full circle moment yeah we came to be hosting a podcast together 10 years ago but it was a it was video so it was it was video focused um at this after show network called after buzz um and they did after shows for all these different shows and then it also went to a podcast form but it was way before podcasts were or are what they are now. Yeah. And the first time we met was actually on camera. Yeah. So we've actually, he made a YouTube video out of it a couple yeah, of years back. Uh, and a TikTok. <laughs> and we, we got a lot of mileage out of it. But yeah. So we have like the moment we met each other for the very first time on camera, which is kind of cool. We were hosting the after show for America's Got Talent, which is the weirdest thing in the world because it did not need an after show. Yeah. Um, but we were friends for like the first five months. And then eventually this randomly started dating and, and we're getting married now this summer. So it's been a wild, wild ride. I mean, congratulations. That is amazing. And, you know, I always wonder like how how it is to work with your partner. Like, obviously, you guys are a force as a couple, but you're a force individually as well. How does that dynamic work? How do you balance, you know, your gigs on top of doing podcasts, hosting, and then like shutting it down when you guys are like, hey, now here we are as a couple. Oh, wait, we're supposed to shut yeah, it down. When, when are we supposed to shut oh, it down? Never, no, <laughs> no uh, yeah, I think, I think for us, and that's kind of what the whole premise of our podcast, uh, Confess Your Mess is like, it's people submitting their secrets and their confessions. And yeah. years ago, it actually started with just the two of us. And we sat 
face to face naked on a bed together. Yeah. And we kind of confessed our deepest desires, our fears, uh, things that we thought we would be judged for things by the other person. Things that us back in our relationship. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm about nine years older than he is. And I'm, I'm actually the first person he's ever gone on a date with. What? And yeah, yeah, and we're getting married, and we've been together almost ten years now. And when so, we met, I was in the closet. So, yeah. and my my father's a pastor; he's retired now, and my mom's Jamaican. So, there's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. But like, we confess those things to each other, and when you talk about like how we work together, because a lot of people want to know, like, oh, how do you guys work together and like shut it down and do all these things? And I think for us, we're each other's biggest fans. Yeah. I know it sounds corny and cheesy, but we really are, and we're both hosts. Like we. We aren't like hosts who are trying to be actors or hosts who are trying to be models or something else. We're and like, I think we also respect each other's career. Yeah. And careers and talent. Like, I, he, we like, literally, he's done things I've never done. I've done things he's never done. Yeah. So we kind of bring and it together. And there's no jealousy. There's no jealousy. There's not just in so, moments. I, in moments, I think I struggle with it a little bit more than he does yeah. sometimes. You know, just it's not, a, I don't know if it's jealousy. It's, it's almost like, you know, I see him get an opportunity and I'm excited for him. I'm so proud of him. And I don't want his opportunity. I don't want to take something from him. But then I have that thought in the back of my mind that I think is is is, is pretty common. But then I'm, I'm kind of like, when's my next turn? Because okay. you know this industry. It's like you're always waiting for the next opportunity. Every time you work a job, you're on a, you're on the top of a mountain. You feel like you're like 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 ruling the world. And then then what? What's right. the next thing? Yeah. And there's someone always sitting in the pocket ready to take your place. Always. Right. Always. Yeah. You constantly feel like you're replaceable. I don't think I get jealous on my end just because. Well, you're a better human. Than you're... I, to be fair. Like, that is absolutely <laughs> true. But I think for me, and I think this is why we work too, is when he does have those moments, I'm very much in the mentality of what's for you is for you. And so anytime we get an opportunity or don't get an opportunity, um, it really is, yeah, you might not have gotten this or I might have gotten this or you might have gotten this, but that just means it wasn't meant for me yeah. um, or it wasn't meant for you. And, and I, we've also just been through so much. I remember there was a time, I, I had a national talk show called Hollywood Today Live on Fox years ago. And while I was hosting a national daily talk show, he was also working on stuff and he was doing a red carpet or something. And he usually would hire a camera operator, a camera and a sound person. I would hire no one. I was broke. I would have my best okay. friend follow oh, me to the car. Wait, you didn't give her any money? No. <laughs> what money? The hustle is <laughs> real out here. Yeah. And and one time uh, it fell through. And so I went and I, I was his camera and a sound operator on a red carpet. And, and so many people we ran into were like, wait, AJ, what are you doing? Like, why do you have a headset on? And why are you like holding the camera? Like supporting a tripod. Because he needed me to. And I, that morning, I'm hosting the national talk show. And that evening, I'm on a red carpet in Westwood helping him out. But then also on the flip side, I'll be hosting, you know, red carpet for like the Golden Globes. And I'm like, hey, Emil, Emil, I need a picture of Lady Gaga. And he comes and takes a picture of Lady Like It was so an epic photo, by the way. It's like incredible. five seconds to get that shot. It was so blurry, good. super crisp and clear. Wow. Like, but like he That's does a my, talent in itself. He does my social <laughs> media for me on all these big red carpets I do. And I interviewed the biggest celebrities in the world. And he's right there by my side posting on Instagram for me. So like, I think that we, we don't have too much ego. Yeah. Like, ego doesn't get in the way. Right. We're there to help each other. No, it doesn't seem that way. And it seems like also you guys have, have done something that many people try to do, which is take their career and their relationship and blend it into one and make it freaking work and be successful because that that is not easy. It usually is a demise in people's relationships when they start <laughs> blending the two. You guys have done, you've conquered the impossible is what you're telling me. 
<laughs> and I think it's the ego that you put aside, right? I mean, help me out. Yeah, I hope it, so. It has I to be part so. of it. I think yeah. when you look at like reality shows, I know you're in the reality space. And like when you look at reality shows, sometimes when a relationship goes on reality show, you're like, oh God, it's not going to last, yeah. especially marriages and things. But I think for us, one, we're very particular. Like on our podcast, we reveal a lot. Like we have no filter. Probably too much. Yeah. But <laughs> we still know like, there's secrets and things that we have revealed, but there's so much people don't know about us, but yeah. people relate to us because we are telling more than a lot of people tell, but we're also still, we have our private things we keep with each other. And I think the reason why it works is because we do have this, and maybe it's because we posted together and been around each other for so long that we have this uh, rapport with each other and this trust with each other. Well, there's that, an understanding. Right. Yeah. There's we some know things that what's comfortable and what's just for us. Yeah. Which makes me think that we're low-key kind of like wild because the stuff that we do tell on our podcast is kind of insane. <laughs> so I'm like, gosh, we're keeping secrets that people don't know about and they will never know about. And I, and I think that we didn't seek it out. Like we were together for almost eight years before we worked together on camera. Mm -hmm. Wow. So how long have you been together in total then? nine and a half almost 10 years now yeah we we wow. met in the first time we met on camera was may 2012 and then we started yeah. dating in september 2012 after i came yeah out and so closet. i think our our thing was so many of of his his like followers or fans or supporters and mine separately would see us pop up on each other's social media and and they were always like i want to see more of you guys together yeah and then he had a youtube channel for a while and it still does, but that was just pretty solo. And then he put up a video of us together. I think it was like a boyfriend challenge or a mukbang or like one of those like couples videos. We and never, we have never. Another mukbang. mukbang we talked about it. We did. Yeah, yeah. What was it? The boyfriend question, the boyfriend, boyfriend tag, tag yeah. boyfriend tag. And it did really well. Yeah. And we're like, huh. And then we put a couple of pictures up on Instagram. Like it did really well. And then I remember a few years ago, we walked the red carpet at the Billboard Music Awards mm -hmm. together. God, you guys are so fabulous. I <laughs> keep telling me. But I, was All hosting, right. I was hosting the red carpet for Dick Clark and they produced a show and I'd done it for many years. And I said, I'm going to have Emil walk the carpet with me this year. I've never done it. I, it's time. And he, he, at the time, just from perspective, like he says, he hosted like major red carpets all the time. So he's walked the carpet. He's been photographed by Getty and all these things. For me, I was hosting for an uh, entertainment news channel, but I was also still a server at a restaurant. And so... I was kind of like, uh, I was scared. So while he was prepping and getting ready for the show, I went to, because Billboard Music Awards at the time was still in Vegas. Yeah. I went to the FedEx Kinko's in whatever uh, hotel we were staying at. <laughs> I think it was like New York, New York. And I went and printed out my name on little strips. So just in case photographers didn't know who I was, I was like prepared <laughs> to hand it to them. Because I was like, they know who he is. They don't know who I am. So yeah. And then I picked out, I, I got him in a really like sexy black like suit with like a mesh like tank top underneath. Yeah. So I was like, you're hot. Let's show it off. And we walked out there and he was so nervous. And I remember walking out there and I'm wearing like this like dope, like linen, like suit. And I was working with uh, Erica Jane. We were co-hosting that, that okay. show together with a couple other people. And I said, grab my hand. And when I, when I wink at you, lean in and give me a kiss. Cause I'm like, this is what the paparazzi of the press, they're going to love this. Right. So he does, he gives me a kiss. That picture went everywhere. It yeah. was featured in so many different outlets. And the next year, Billboard Music Awards were doing their promos for like the new show and their whole theme for the promo was love is in the air. And it shows like couples from past Billboard Music Awards. And it was Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen and Emile and me. That's so when you know you've made it. Used. I know. And we're like, wait, what? Like, that's that's wild. It was a surreal so, feeling for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that was sort of our like 
because as a queer person, like you kind of come out a lot, especially if you're in like a certain industry, like you come out over and over and over again. Right. And, and we kind of feel like that was like another coming out for us. And from that mm-hmm. point forward, we're like, let's just do stuff together. Yeah. Like, why let's not being afraid and just go. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So AJ, when, when did you come out? I've been out. Gosh, I've been out for 22 years almost. You're from like a little town, right? Ohio. Yeah, a little town in Ohio. Okay. Yep. Yep, Ohio. So, were you living in LA when when you came out, or no? I no, I was still in college. So, I was a sophomore at the University of Toledo at the time. I had gone there actually to run track. Uh, got sort of overwhelmed by it all, and I ended up playing volleyball in college for two years. And my sophomore year, I actually came out of the closet. This is so funny. Do you know Jonathan Bennett? I'm sure you do. Yes. Jonathan Bennett, the actor. So, yes. uh, Mean Girls, and yeah, he's getting married to our friend James next month. Yeah. So Jonathan and I were friends in high school. Wow. And Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan actually was good friends with my cousin, Betsy. <laughs> Betsy, it's a very Ohio name. <laughs> and we were hanging out at her graduation party. She was a year older than me. He's like, oh, your cousin AJ is gay, by the way. And she's like, no, he's not. He's like, yeah, he is. And I was like, <laughs> and he was, he clocked me totally. And he ended up being one of my very first friends ever. And so he and his group of friends sort of took me under their wing and, and we became friends when I was, you know, at high school going into college, I was about 19, 20 years old and I actually really came out. And, uh, so yeah, so I came out then dropped out of college for a couple of years. Cause I really just was struggling with it. And my family wasn't really that cool with it. And I kind of went into a pretty deep depression for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but ended up getting back into college, transferred to Ohio state, graduated from there. And then as soon as I did that, I moved to New York for a year. Then I moved out here 15 years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. I, and I know when I ask these questions, I feel like it's such a and I'm not minimizing it in my mind because I I grew up in Utah and most people don't know this. We have one of the largest gay pride parades per capita It is in Salt Lake, which was like a very proud moment for me, you know, coming from Utah. And so when people ask these questions, I'm like. I feel like it's so dated to still be talking about this being a thing. And then I feel like we still have to have the conversation because you're talking about your family struggled with it. You know, I've had friends and their families struggle with it. Emil, you're from a family. Your father's a pastor. Your mother, I believe you said, is Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And AJ was, you know, the first that was that your first love, your only love. And it was when yeah. you came out. Like, what was that like? It, it, you know, another before before he kind of or I don't know if it was you might have we might have done the boyfriend tag. And then after we did the boyfriend tag on my channel, people were kind of asking for the coming out story. Yeah. And so I did like the video explaining my coming out story. And I think for me, um, it was definitely difficult because I just have a super religious family and I was terrified. And I was honestly prepared to just live in the closet for my whole life because there's just so many layers of feeling like you're going to hell, feeling like you're being judged. Like, what is the family going to think? Like all these different things. And the the network that we met on, I actually wanted to work behind the scenes and they put me in front of the camera as a host. But I was prepared, again, to not, even though I love being in front of the camera, I love entertaining. Mm-hmm. I was prepared to just kind of live in the shadows because I was so afraid of, uh, presenting myself like if you watch some of the earlier videos for the first few years so awkward i was so constantly thinking about okay yeah. what am i doing with my hands like if, if i'm talking like i want to make sure i'm talking the straight way and like looking at, it's just so many different things that are going through your head i've seen throwbacks of you versus like how you are yeah today just, and there is a huge difference it's yeah. wild like i was so um i was so afraid to be who i actually am and just whenever you live in this space of inauthenticity i think 
one, people can read that. And then once you truly just, because regardless of, uh, I think, I don't think coming out is, is dated. And I only say that because there's so many people who mm-hmm. are not living in LA or a big city. That's what I mean. They still, they still need to hear these stories. Right. They still need to hear how we navigated this because it's so easy to say, oh, we've come such a long way when there's still kids who are struggling with this and who need to have somebody to look up to or hear a story to say, oh, maybe if I take this route or I see how Emil did it or how AJ did it, yeah. this gives me hope. Well, because for every, like, it, it's great to see shows like Euphoria and Saved by the Bell, the way they handled uh, Josie Toto's <clears throat> story as a transgender woman, as an actress is really beautiful. And it seems like they just kind of like, I love it. It's great that like this younger generation would be like, they kind of like brush past it and it is what it is. It, it, right. it doesn't need to be a big thing. But the reality is, you know, I host a national talk show, a queer talk show every single morning on Channel Q called The Morning Beat, right? And we're the first and only um, LGBTQ plus talk radio station in the entire country in 2022. We're the only one still. And I'm very proud of that. But I mean, right now in Florida, you know, Governor DeSantis and and, and his Republican allies are are pushing the don't say gay bill, making it Mm -hmm. illegal to say the word gay in schools in the entire state of Florida. And because of that, also, Tennessee just just uh, brought forth legislation this week and other states across the country are now doing the exact same thing. They're trying to make it illegal to say the word gay in any context. To talk about your gay uncle, or your gay aunts, your gay dad, like your gay friend. They're trying to make it illegal to even say the word in school. Oh and we're gosh. talking K through 12. So it might seem like we've come so far and we have in some ways, but that by no means doesn't mean that like the coming out story, it, it's different now maybe for some people, but where I come from, it's, it's just as hard to come out today as it probably was when I came out 20 years ago. And that's problematic. You, you both put that so beautifully. I, and that's exactly like, like you said, not everyone's living in Los Angeles where, you know, we're out here, we're being exactly who we are. We, we forget that the little dynamics that we have, the friend groups, the family, where we come from, it's still a huge thing. And so when I, when I say it seems dated, I know that it's not, but it should be. Oh, I wish it were. Right. I I know. And And if we can have, and if we could have big pride parades in, in, in very Mormon Salt Lake city, we could, we could start doing more (laughs) all over the country. So, yeah. Well, I think that your talk show, that's a, Amazing. I mean, it's crazy that it's 2022 and it's the only one in the country. And, you know, I am definitely excited for people to hear this podcast because, I mean, look at the platform that you guys are on and what you're doing. And and then you're such an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. I mean, you're really doing it all. And looking fabulous while while you're I I wish my listeners could see you guys right now not see me but see you guys I mean every every straight woman I'm sure when you guys walk into a place they're like damn it well it's funny because we so my my best friend drew uh uh, also her birthday is coming up happy birthday um whenever I hang out with her because granted I both of us we are kind of masculine presenting for the most part. And so people don't necessarily sometimes. look at us sometimes. They don't necessarily <laughs> look at us all the time and say, oh, I, I can just see if they're gay. And so when I'm hanging out with her, especially if I'm in like a muscle tank or whatever, and we're hanging out, I was at her apartment helping her film this audition the other day. And I was in my tank top and some shorts. And there's this guy in her building. I, hope she don't, I don't think she'll care that I'm telling this. There's this guy in, this, <laughs> in her building that she has a crush on. 
So she literally sees him and she knocks in the window and says, hi. And then she's like, oh shit, you're with me. Flame out, flame out. So I know whenever she says that, I'm like, yes, I just do something. So like they know that I'm gay because she's had guys before where they see me with her and they think that we're a couple. Oh, right. Every gay man, every gay man in America can, who is a little bit, who's maybe not totally like feminine presenting right now can relate to that. Yeah. Like, listen, honey, I can be as gay as the day is long. Yeah. And, and I, we have a wig drawer. We yeah. have feather boas, can, high heels. Yeah, absolutely, we do. And we love every minute yeah. of it. But day in and day out, like, we are just who we are. Right. And, and we don't have a ton of super feminine qualities uh, naturally. So sometimes we have to kind of help yeah. our friends out and, and, and <laughs> get out of the, get out of the way so they can meet a guy. Yeah, don't be, don't be a cock block for the friend. Like, do something yeah, to right. let them know we are not together. So I, I have to go back to what you said. You said that uh, you guys, and I relate to this because even though I'm on reality TV, you know, you guys are hosts. And when people watch you, they they almost expect for you to share every single part about your life. And there's been times on Vanderpump where I'm like, I have a therapy session and, you know, the cameras want to be there. And they're like, but this is your real life. And I say, in real life, I don't invite anyone to my therapy session. So get the fuck out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I love that you you still keep that those moments to yourselves. But you said you were sitting on the bed naked talking to each other. I'm newly single. I'm trying to bag me a boo. Do I need to sit on a bed naked and tell him my deepest, darkest secrets to bag a good man? Not yet. How long? Yeah. Have you, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it depends. So yeah. I would, I would. That's not a date one scenario. Yeah. I okay, start good. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we 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 did that like year five or six. Yeah. Not saying you have to wait that long because we we do like for the people our friends who are in relationships, we do kind of advise and to our listeners, we tell them that it's a beautiful thing to do because mm-hmm. it was scary. We revealed things to each other. We never like said publicly what we revealed. <laughs> But we both revealed things to each other that we were so terrified to reveal to each other. Obviously, when it came to desires and fantasies, like you talk about the things that you want sexually right. or in life, and it's like, oh, that's hot. Yeah, but, certain kinks you yeah. might have. Sure. But then when you get to like things that maybe you've done in the past, you never told your partner, then it's kind of it's a vulnerable position. Yeah. But I think what made it beautiful is it was hard to hear some of those things on yeah. both sides. But after a few days, when you sit with that, it's like if you were willing to bear your soul and trust me with this information and I also received that from you and we're literally laying everything out on the table, it just creates this bonding and this, yeah, I, you've got, there's gotta be mutual trust though. Yeah. It could go, it could go, <clears throat> it could go me. south. If, if, yeah. It could go two ways. <laughs> if, if one person's ready to open up and be vulnerable and, and reveal like maybe, Hey, maybe I messed up earlier in the relationship or maybe I did something that isn't really like, yeah, and my and the highest version of myself, and and maybe I disrespected you, or our relationship in some way, shape, or form. And if one person is willing to to admit that and to say that, and the other person's not willing to receive it or allow space for forgiveness, you're doomed. Wow. So, and and, and it's not that there was like cheating and all that kind of stuff going on in our relationship, but there was like there was like very like borderline stuff happening, and, and I messed up early on in our relationship a little bit. Uh, to be honest, and and it, it was cheating. It was in my mind, it was sort of justified at the time because we were still kind of going through some stuff and yeah. I wasn't really sure if it was a forever situation for me. Like full transparency. Yeah. I didn't know this, but at the time when that situation occurred, he was pretty much getting ready to break up with me. Yeah. And so I can see how in his mind, he might not have, he's like, I'm about to leave this guy anyway. Yeah. What he didn't know is I'm a millionaire junior and I was prepared to fight for my men. So uh-huh. yes. I had little tricks that <laughs> I realized he was checking out. But I didn't know at the time. Yeah. So we lived together briefly at the beginning of our relationship. And part of the thing was like, I I, I broke up, we broke up for like what, eight hours one yeah. time. 
And then in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I'm checked out. I'm done with this relationship. And it's just a matter of time before he's actually officially all the way moved out. Which that was too. So we we moved in together yeah. after maybe nine months of dating. And we moved in together at the time back in 2013 for financial reasons. Yeah, we, were, we were both broke. <laughs> he was a bartender. Okay, because I was going to say nine months is quick. Yeah. yeah. It was like one of those situations where he was a bartender and doing the hosting dream. I was working for a production company and doing the hosting dream. But neither, like I was making like a hundred yeah, dollars making, a day after tax nothing so we were just broke and we were like oh you know you're over here all the time so why don't you move Worst in reason to ever move in no no no, no no i will say this to couples if you are in a relationship you guys just started dating it doesn't matter if you're over at your partner's place every single day you visiting them and staying in their space versus you actually moving in completely yeah. changes the dynamic you of the a relationship. toothbrush and a clean pair of underwear, that's fine, but don't move in unless right. you're absolutely, absolutely ready. And there was a roommate too. It was just a lot There's of layers to it. Oh, yeah. chaos. That is chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got engaged. When did you get engaged? Christmas of 2020. Okay, and did you have plans to get married? Did the pandemic mess up the wedding plans at all? Or did you always want, I mean... You guys have been together a long time. Kind of, honestly. Are you like, what's the rush? Right. Well, kind of, yeah. Okay, so that's, are that's we a, common law married by now? Well, I, I, I don't know. Does that, e- does that, that exist it, in California? I don't know what the common know. law does. I don't know what that really is, but I will say that, <laughs> listen, yeah, it's been a long time. You also have to think that we have not legally been able to get married right. only for like the last five or six years. Right. So, so, so the first few years of our relationship, marriage was never on our radar yeah. because it wasn't legal. So it's not like maybe maybe you grew up having an idea or your girlfriends grew up having an idea of like marriage someday, right? You have this picture, the wedding dress, the big thing, whatever. We didn't have that because we never thought that was going to be a possibility. Right. Right. So so then all of a sudden, a few years ago, we get we get the option. I had planned actually to propose a, a bunch of different ways because he let me know for a long time. That he wanted something big and like over the top is what yeah. is, is how, but he, not a like not like a flash dance mob. Well, that's why I thought first, like we got to do a flash mob. No, so I thought I had to do something really really cool, and I'm like, okay, well, he wants to make content out of this, so this has to be a YouTube video. So what can I do? <laughs> and I had I had I had talked to my friends at Dick Clark. We thought about maybe doing it on the Billboard Music Awards red carpet that spring, uh, a couple years like back in twenty nine year twenty twenty I think twenty twenty one, and we thought about doing that. And then that got canceled. And then I was talking to my team over at Wendy Williams and, and she was going to help me propose to him live on the air on like a Valentine's Day episode or something. And then also I, I, I'm friends with Jeannie Mai and I've worked with her in the past. And I've also worked with Garcelle and Lonnie and he's on the reel. He's been there for a couple, three years now. And so uh, then I thought, okay, well, maybe I can reach out to Jeannie and we can do like maybe a proposal on the reel, like uh, all these cool ideas that I was running through my head. Right. And then the pandemic happens. And then I'm like, oh, so I just kind of waited, waited, waited. And I was like, okay, well, this is only going to be like two weeks. Like everybody thought it was going to be two weeks when it started. Right. And so then two weeks goes by, and then two months go by, then six months go by. And I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden a whole year has gone by. And I'm like, I haven't proposed this whole time. Why? Like, what am I waiting for? I'm waiting for the pandemic to be over. It could be over in another day or it could be 10 more years. We didn't know. Hey, we could still be in it now. This was like pre-vaccine, <laughs> pre-everything, right? Yeah. And so finally, I decided to do it on Christmas morning and involve our parents, both sides. And so we had a, we had a, a Zoom set up so we could record it. And then I had... We were supposed to... COVID ruined it. We were supposed to spend the holidays with our yeah. family. We were supposed to go mm-hmm. to my family for Thanksgiving, his family for Christmas. Okay. And so... 
at the time, I didn't really think anything of it because we were already planning on doing that Zoom since we weren't able to spend yeah. the holidays with them. Um, but it turned out that he was proposing. It was really sweet. Yeah, but and we, we didn't the like. Footage. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. As far as like actual wedding planning goes, I don't think that our our wedding planning hasn't like COVID hasn't really ruined that. It's tried multiple times. Oh, it's stressful though because as it's we're we're doing a destination wedding, and yeah, so we have a lot of so, people who mm-hmm. are traveling, and when you see oh, now there's this new variant and it's spiking. And we're like, oh God. So it's like, there's this anxiety that bubbles up because we're trying to move forward. We're trying to just move forward and just trust everything's going to work out. But also like the COVID of it all. Yeah. And also asking our family to, you know, I had that, you know, my dad is 70 years old and got a passport for the first time in his life. Yeah, wow. To come to Mexico for our wedding. So to ask people to go to a foreign country uh, during a pandemic, yeah, uh, into like drug cartel land. I mean, it's so <laughs> which, in their brains, more we layers. Say that because literally, we yeah. have family members who have never been to Mexico. Yeah. Some of them never traveled out the country, and because they're in their small communities and they don't travel, they only see what they see on TV. And yeah. sometimes, the if they're looking at the headlines, it's all negative. And so, I've had to. We both have had to tell some family members, okay, so you're saying that there's a shooting or drug cartel in Mexico, okay. Look down the street in Atlanta. Yeah. Literally where I'm from. I'm like, or look in LA, like any community you're in, you can find negative if you're looking for Right. Literally, his hairstylist, a friend of ours was like mugged recently in LA, in Beverly Hills. So it happens. Wait, you guys, you and your families need a show. And it should be based on getting them to Mexico for the wedding. I would watch that. To God's ears. (laughs) I would watch that. And we have. We've been pretty open on social media about the struggles of dealing with family members who aren't as supportive as we thought. So, yeah. And I don't, I don't care talking about this publicly. I, I've said to them, I haven't talked to some of those members, but to anytime I'm on television on a hosting on a show or they see me on TV, oh my God, Emil, we're so proud of you. Like paragraphs, oh, this is my nephew, or we go visit and they make me dinner and they love me right. to death. But, but then when it comes to the wedding stuff, all of a sudden we're getting like declined RSVPs and then we're finding out from other family members the reason why and, like, they're not supportive. And I'm like, yeah. so I think that really messes with my brain and, and it, it makes it feel as if if I wasn't on TV, if I wasn't in the career that I'm in, right. yeah. would you still support me or be excited to have me as your nephew? Or do you only still tolerate me because I'm that famous? And I'm not even famous, but that's how they be when I go yeah. back home. And, Am and I that famous fiance, nephew? Because your fiance is on Wendy Williams right. and they watch it. So it's tricky to kind of realize what family members actually think of us. And yeah. it doesn't mean they don't love us, but it also hurts. Like you, your love doesn't trump like your beliefs. You can't support my, my, my own sister, my own full-blooded sister is not coming to the wedding because she just can't get there. She just has new faith that she's come into in recent years. And, and all of a sudden she believes God, you know, did not make me this way and she can't support it. And so that's, that's been devastating, but we've tried really hard to not take it as personally as humanly possible, even though that's not possible, but to try to focus on all of the people who are, willing to fly to a foreign country during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, focus on the love and the support. Right. A lot of them. Because we want people who are supportive of yeah. us there because those are people when you're going through any rocky moments in your marriage, you want people who are there who yeah. know the foundation and are there to support you through those times, yeah. not people who are just there pretending like they are right. supportive of you. And it would, it would ruin the entire celebration, having someone there that really didn't support the love. It's, it's like, ju- right. I wish you wouldn't have come. And I I have so much respect for you both. And I'm so happy for you. And and just the the uphill climb that it seems like, you know, being in Hollywood, doing 
what you do for a living on top of, you know, dealing with a wedding that family members are not supportive of. It's something that a lot of us can't fathom. But, you know, I'm happy to have you on the podcast to like have people feel less alone. And before I let you guys go, that wedding's going to be fabulous. I want to like commend you, though, for saying that, though, because as an ally, that's a really beautiful thing to say, because just that acknowledgement of I can't even fathom like those words coming from an ally who's maybe not a queer person to say to, to, to a couple like us who's kind of in this like vulnerable sort of emotional state means a lot, yeah. not just to us, but your listeners who might be, you know, queer and maybe, maybe wherever they are in their own journey. Words like that go a long way. So I just want to say thank you for that. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I, I do whatever I possibly can, but I will never pretend like I can understand because I, I can't. Right. I'm a white woman who identifies as a straight person. I don't have adversity in in many ways that others do. So thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable on this podcast. And I think the one thing that I would like you both to share before I let you sign off and you don't have to look at me anymore. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, these these young kids are, you know, maybe someone older who who feels so inspired to come out and just be who they are in these small places. They see you, but then they realize where they really are stuck. What what is your advice to them? Because you've both come from from backgrounds like that and look at where you are now. I think people would appreciate hearing your advice. I would say that you're not as alone as you think. There are other queer people in your community and as safely and as comfortably as you can, as you navigate those early, those early days, uh, find them trying to try to find a way to find them because it's so important that whatever it is that makes you, you in life. And that could be your sexuality. It could be your, your, your desires, it could be your creativity, whatever it is, whatever your outlet, your, your thing is, you need to get it out of you. And I believe that we're put on this planet to share whatever that gift is, right? And you can't share it if you're hiding it inside of you. So find one person and that person will lead you to another person and lead you to another person. And that one person oftentimes is maybe a, a girlfriend at a school or an aunt, or like that one person who's a little more kind and a little more compassionate, a little more empathetic. Uh, and if they're that way about other things, chances are, are they might be that way about you too. And that can open you up to like a whole different world because I get it. Like small towns are scary and they're not always the most accepting, the most uh, loving uh, of anybody who's different, mm -hmm. but also, also they can surprise you. Like my small town is pretty like messed up in some ways. But in some ways, there are people there that are really incredible and really wonderful and loving, and they just want an opportunity to love on you. So give them the opportunity, uh, but do it on a timeline in a way that feels safe and, and, and authentic to you. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think for me, and I can only come from the experience of if I were to talk to my younger self, I think the biggest thing I would say is you can't focus on other people's opinions of you. I know for me, when I was in the closet, I was so focused on, do they know I'm gay? Like constantly thinking about all these different things. And when you focus so much on what other people think and you aren't truly being who you are, even if it is like scary. And I'm not saying if, if you aren't in a place uh, that you feel safe being ex exclusively expressive of your sexuality, I completely get that safety comes first 
but I was hiding in so many ways where I felt like I had to create a version of myself that could exist. I, 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 I it's just, it's hard for me to look back at that person, knowing the hurt and the pain that I was dealing with every single day. And so I would just, I would just kind of similar to AJ in terms of if you can find that outlet, you can find that person. For me, it was TV shows. So it was watching like Will and Grace. Will and Grace. <laughs> really was. Like all Will of and Grace. All of us. me, it was the Grassi. Uh, also, like watching the Grassi and seeing, I think it was uh it was Marco. Marco was like the gay character. Like if you can find some type of way to relate, or now, I mean, we're older, but now you can get on YouTube or uh Snapchat or whatever and see queer people who may be in an area that you're not from, but you can see how they express themselves and what they deal with and you hear their stories. Yeah, social media is really changing. Yeah, it not has. always for the best, but it, it has changed the game in a Just lot of ways. Just find a way. I, I I don't necessarily like saying it gets better because life is hard. Life, yeah. is, life is hard, hard in so many ways. But just know that if you truly focus on being the authentic person and following that path, that you can find joy. It may not be easy every single day, but you can find joy. And also, if nothing else, just listen to the Confess Your Mess podcast because it's queer <laughs> as fuck. And we have a lot of really fantastic guests on there and you'll feel represented. You do. And you'll feel, and you'll feel like you'll feel like your life isn't nearly as messy as you thought it was. <laughs> yeah, right. I love that. Oh my gosh. Y'all give me chills. I'm like beyond honored to have you on the Give Them Lala podcast. And where can people find you guys? Uh, you can find me, um, I think, everywhere at a millionish junior, maybe on TikTok at a millionish junior 31, because I can't get my name for some reason. <laughs> um, and then the podcast is at Confess Your Mess Podcast on Instagram and at Confess Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, I think just I this is such a douchey thing, but I, just Google me. Like this I love that. AJ Gibson. No, go to AJGibsonTV.com. It's my website. You can find everything there. I also I'm an author. I wrote a book called Flipping the Script. You can buy a copy there. And there's also I'm a public speaker. I do a lot of other side things. But a true story, I can't get AJ Gibson on Instagram. So it's underscore AJ Gibson because there's a mother in I think North Dakota whose daughter does ballet who has the name AJ Gibson. Her name's not AJ. Uh, and I've tried to buy it from her many times and she will not sell it to me. So yeah. I'm underscore AJ Gibson on Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I so relate to not being able to get your name. It's the most <laughs> annoying thing. You guys are amazing. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day and thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much so for having much. us. Thank you, loves. I have been very transparent with you guys about my hair struggles between the pregnancy hormones and bleaching it all the time. I have been having some serious hair issues. And now with baby number two on the way, I'm already being proactive about my hair thanks to Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And I am definitely one of those people. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning, which are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism. You can take the Nutrafol hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Because I know we are all different and we're on different hair journeys. Nutrafol makes building a hair growth routine super easy. Purchase online, no prescription required. You get free shipping and automatic deliveries so that you never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Give Them Lala listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code LALA. 
Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LALA. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LALA. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Before I let you guys go, I want to do a voicemail, but I also want to remind you that I'm going on tour. I know a lot of you are like, you're not a comedian, you're not a performer, what does this tour entail? Well, it entails you having the best night of your fucking life. I promise you that. I'm going to give you all the feels between us getting to know each other, playing games, feeling inspired. You want me to call somebody? Put them on speed dial because I'm about to call them for you. We have a lot of different segments. It's going to be amazing. We are starting off in Irvine, California, but you can't come to that because I'm sold out, motherfuckers. (laughs) Then we're going to Fort Lauderdale, Clearwater, Orlando, Atlanta, Nashville, New Orleans, Houston, Austin, and Dallas. You can find all of these dates and cities on my Instagram page at Lala Kent. Jess, can you play a voicemail for me? Yes, I can. Hey, Lala. This is Christina from West Palm Beach. I just wanted to call and tell you how much I love you and how much um, you guys got me through the quarantine. You and my boyfriend, Vanderpump, is what we binge-watched during the quarantine, and it was just what helped us got us get it through. It's, um, I guess our question for you that we always wonder is, what is your family's reaction to things that they see on Vanderpumps? Again, love you. Thank you so much for everything and for always being you and giving us Lala. Love you. Christina, first of all, I developed an obsession with Vanderpump Rules during quarantine as well. <laughs> I had never seen any episode or any season before I entered season four because I'm just that vain. I'm like, if I'm not on it, what's there to watch? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really, I'm not. I started from season one and I was like, this is the most amazing show and I am honored to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, I was like, these are the OGs and they deserve so much credit because this is the best television I've ever watched. So we have that in common, Christina. My family doesn't watch the show. They don't. No, my family doesn't watch the show. And I don't even think it's because they don't want to see me in certain situations because they know me Mm -hmm. I'm the same person on television that I am you know behind a little more sensitive behind closed doors yeah yeah I think you would get if you took my interactions with my family and you edit it down you would probably see the same thing that you see on Vanderpump right right (laughs) but like there's no need for them to watch it in their minds they're Mm -hmm. like not interested right yeah yeah I try to get them to I mean my mom hasn't read my book I don't know that I want her to read my book, but she knows everything. You know, every blow job I've ever given, Mm -hmm. every time I've popped off or clapped back on someone. Yeah. As you guys learned from last week's episode, they're a very open family. Yes, clearly. (laughs) We need to mention it all. (laughs) So they don't they don't watch. And I tell my mom about things that happen. And I'm sure if she watched it on TV, she'd 
may have a different reaction. Like, everyone's seeing this? Yeah. <laughs> ah. Or everyone read that in your book? Yikes. Yeah. You know? When you were first on the show, did they watch it? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, nothing. nothing. No. Wow. Nothing. That's cool. Like, it, I had to call yeah. my dad to fill him in on me cussing too much mm. because I got too drunk on Watch What Happens Live my first time. Oh. He was like, first of all, what is this show you're talking about? Right. Why are you in New York? What? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah. I just th- don't think they were interested in... Like, I just don't think, oh, it's Monday or whatever night we air now. Mm-hmm. I got to tune in to my kid on Vanderpump Rules. Like, yeah. my mom would much rather be watching 2020 and Eason watches his sports. And my yeah. dad was like into watching CSI. Yeah. So. I like that though. Well, because you're right. They already know you. So why watch? And then you never have to worry about like, oh, maybe that scene wasn't great, but my family's not going to see it. So who cares? Yeah. I wouldn't care if they did see it. Yeah. But it's nice because then when I call my family, Mm -hmm. like a lot of my cast members like, oh, my mom or my sister or whoever is obsessing over this last episode. Mm. And I'm like, my mom just called me to tell me that like, there's drama at her work and like they're really trying to get this dog adopted. <laughs> I love Lisa. <laughs> you know? So that's, th- that's that. Um, Jess, do you want to play me another voicemail before we wrap it up? Yes, I do. Can we wrap it up? Do you remember? <laughs> Wait, what is that? Season four during oh. Katie Malone. <laughs> or no, Kristen Doty and Stassi's speech at the fucking engagement party of Katie's. And I'm like, can we wrap it up? <laughs> I would, if someone did that to me at my engagement party, furious. I would claw your eyes out. Oh my God. God, they're so classy. <laughs> Can we wrap it up? I love it. And that. I go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Icon. And then they flash to me with my drunk <laughs> shih tzu looking hair. And I'm like. Anyway, oh, that's good. God, I was okay. a badass. Uh, <laughs> next voicemail. Next voicemail. Hey, Lala and Jess. My name is Haley from Iowa. I just wanted to say I listened to your book on Audible and I loved it. Um, I want to say thank you for being so unapologetically yourself. It's refreshing for reality TV. My question is, if you were a housewife, what would be your tagline? Thank you so much for your time. Have a good day. Oh, hey, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a mood today. Is there any way that I could just like, you know how they always like do a little flip around? Mm-hmm. Couldn't I just like flip around and be like, give them Lala. Enough <laughs> fucking said. Enough fucking said. Yeah, they can bleep that part out. But enough beep said. Yeah. Well, that'd be good. That'd be good. Which housewife franchise would you want to be on? Salt Lake, right? Obviously. Yeah. Beverly Hills. I'll take whatever I can get, <laughs> to be honest. Where do you want to move me? Where do I fit in? Salt Lake would be a good one though. Right. Because a lot of times I see them arguing and I'm like, Lala needs to come shut this shit down. Yeah. Lala needs to come spill mad knowledge. They have Heather Gay, who's like voice of reason always. And she makes all the sense in the world. And I could watch her 24 mm-hmm. seven. And same with Whitney. They're mm-hmm. called bad weather. You wouldn't know that because you don't watch <laughs> bad weather. There's such a vibe, but they need Lala with them. Okay. With the, th- with those. Two. Yes. Yes. Let's fuck mm, shit up. I like that. Yep. I'm giving them all a run for their money. Give you that. Give them Lala. Let's fuck shit up. <laughs> That's so funny. Give them Lala. Let's fuck shit up. Let's That's fuck my tagline. That's good. No, next week I'm gonna have an epic tagline, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys what it would be. I, I gotta that. think on it though. Yeah. Some of them are great, and others I'm like, 
Mm. Yeah. Not so great. You should have told producers, Rongo, (laughs) it ain't happening. All right, you guys. I love you so much. I hope that I see you on the Give Them Lala brand new tour. You guys are fucking awesome for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you next week. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.